0: Now, I get this grade, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, Angel, you're a moron. Angel, this is not meant for you. We've okay. only just <laughs> Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to a Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to me as I talk about becoming a master I have officially become a master. <laughs> I now hold, this sounds funny to say, I now hold a Master of Arts in International Education. And I'm going to discuss what that means to me, what it was like to day one, doing the program, some challenges, some funny stories, my reflections, macro and micro of what this means for you moving forward and my professional growth. And also what it means personally to me. And last but not least, how this podcast enabled me. pursue this masters hope you enjoy this is a living color abroad all right so let's begin um before i even get into how i feel about the masters and my initial reaction when i see the email that it's finally official i want to go back four and a half years ago um to when I was feeling kind of stagnant um, in my place of work back in uh in Brooklyn. And it wasn't necessarily because of my place of work. It was because of me. It was more personal than anything else in my job. Um, I was feeling stagnant. I didn't know. It, w- it wasn't clear to me Uh, how I was moving forward and what my trajectory was, my career trajectory. So because I was unclear, I needed to make that clear. <laughs> and obviously, if, for those that have been following my journey, um, I went to a in California, had some offers from different countries around the world. And a large reason why I chose Costa Rica was because of this master's degree that they were offering. Um, the fact that it was free, I'd have to pay a dime for this degree that cost, obviously, as you guys probably know, thousands upon thousands of dollars. Um, I'd have to pay for this. Um, that was a huge, obviously, that was enticing. And also, at the time, I did not know. I was not aware that King's College London, which is where I got my master's degree, was a prestigious university. It's one of the top 30 universities in the world. I was not aware of that, but I was made aware of it. <laughs> and another big thing was, of course, I didn't know what I wanted to study, right? But I took that into consideration that the fact that they were offering a free master's, so professional growth, right? So obviously, moving abroad, personal growth. And professionally, obviously, at the you know the school I'm going to be working at, but also professional growth in obtaining more knowledge, right, through the, through a master's degree. So other schools weren't offering that. So that was a big that was a big reason why uh, as to why I chose Costa Rica. Now let's fast forward. Um, when I go to do the research proposal, of course, I'm like, what the hell do I want to research? And that was a, that was part of how you got into the program, mind you. This uh, they have a partnership, uh, King's College London, with. With the parent company that that uh, owns a school, which I work at, they have schools, literally over 70 schools all over the world. And so people from these schools apply to this program that they're interested in doing the master's program. And it's a master's in natural education, as I said. And so, of course, uh, the, 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 the acceptance rate is not particularly high because, for example, the cohort that my colleague, he finished it two years ago, and his cohort was about 15 to 20 people. And of course, I don't know how many people applied, but my cohort was about 12, 12 to 14, something like that uh, in total. So not a huge cohort. So I knew it was going to be tough to get in. And so obviously the proposal also had to make sense what I was trying to research. And thankfully, you know, I found what I wanted to research through what? This podcast. (laughs) It was this podcast that sparked this interest in me in diversity in the experiences of, of of people of color such as myself that are living abroad. But more specifically, if for this research proposal that I did is studying the experiences of teachers of color, expat teachers of color uh, at international schools. And that was my proposal. And it got accepted. And before I even continue with the stories, I want to know and give a thank you to Alex and Stephen, who helped me tremendously with this proposal to begin with. I was exchanging drafts, rough drafts, and personal statements with them and they would give me feedback. And honestly, if it wasn't for them, I probably would not have got accepted into the program. Uh, they, they played a huge part. So shout out to Alex and Steven um, for for the help initially getting into the program. And then I got in. That was a huge deal with me, obviously getting into the program. Um, I was surprised, I would say, because, you know, I, this wasn't the first time I tried to apply to a program, right? It's not like I was just twiddling my thumbs back in New York. I... I applied to a uh, to the CUNY Graduate Center in New York City to uh, to study to do a master's like in Latin American Studies. So I knew I was like into that field of like social you know social stuff. Like I was I was really much into that, and I didn't get accepted, which surprised me. That would this surprise me because I was a CUNY grad and I was in Graduate Center, I had the GPA, but I didn't get accepted. They wanted me to take some uh, courses that would be uh, what's the term non-matriculated, so they wouldn't count towards the credit. And I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) I'm not doing that. So that was kind of my calling to, all right, this is not working out here. I got to find something else. And so again, fast forward. So I get accepted to the program here in Costa Rica. And let's talk about the challenges Uh, from the jump. This was going to be hard. I knew that. And I knew that it was going to lock me in for, you know, for two years. Whatever amount of time that I was going to be in, it was going to lock me in for two years. So I was a long-term commitment and I knew that. And so but to me, it was worth it to me was worth it because I feel like I was going to get a good amount of knowledge from a good from a very good university a prestigious university and it was going to help me professionally um, because I realized I started to like this kind of field of international education and also because of what I was going to do original research on which was diversity you know equity and inclusion you know practices initiatives or whatever the case may be in international education and so <laughs> from the jump this is a funny story my first assignment that I do, uh, I get a 62. Now I get this grade and I'm freaking out. I'm like, Angel, you're a moron. Angel, this is not meant for you. Okay. You give it a shot. You give it the old college try. <laughs> this is not for you. Drop out. And then I'm talking to my classmate uh, in the program. He's a teacher out in Panama. And he's like, oh, you did better than me. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, then you must have failed (laughs) that. He's like, no, this is passing. I'm like, what? And he's like, you don't know about the UK grading system? I'm like, no, it's different. He's like, yeah. So in the UK, they have a complete different grading system than in the US. So obviously for those that are familiar with the US grading system, 100 obviously is an A, right? 98 minus, whatever. So I was used to that. I didn't know the UK is completely different. So for example, it is virtually impossible to get 100 on any assignment in the UK, because 100 in there, like the rubric that I read and I saw that he forwarded to me, my friend, my classmate, is like A+++. And then like 90 is like A++. Then like 80 is like A+. Then 70 is like A. That's how it's graded. So I guess the UK is like, you can't be perfect. So I got like a B-. minus. So once I realized that, of course, a huge, I had a huge relief. I'm like, okay, I'm not that stupid. And actually, let me go back a little bit. When I got that grade, I emailed my professor and I was like, I'm very disappointed in myself. What could I do to do better? You know, what what did you see in this? And she was like, this is not that bad, Angel. And in my head, I'm like, how is this not bad? I fucking failed <laughs> I got a 62. But obviously, I was at that point, I was not aware of the grading system. So but actually, me thinking that I failed, it made me initially work really hard on the next assignment, which was a literature review um, that I had to do. And I got an A on that assignment. So instead of a 62, I got a 72 on the next assignment, which is an A. So I was really happy about that. <laughs> but anywho, that was a little uh, funny anecdote. But yeah, but there was a lot of there was a lot of challenges, right? There, there were a lot of challenges that came up with doing the program because, again, you know, fulfilling. This is a full-time master's, right? Like this is, this is not something that's like part-time. I had to finish this in two years. And so to take classes, you know, to do the classes, and obviously it was all virtual, obviously, but to have to, you know, basically the way it worked was you had uh, weekly seminars online for an hour every Thursday. And after that class, they would release the next week's reading assignments. And you had to make a post on a, you know, on a website, a discussion board, discussing uh, the reading assignments. And obviously these reading assignments are not two or three pages, right? We're talking about, 15 to 20 pages and there were core readings. There were always two core readings and recommended readings. Sometimes I did the recommended readings, but for the most part, I did the core readings. And but that was like 40 pages of reading a week, right? For the next week's society the next week's uh post on the discussion board. And that was a lot because I had to work it out. I was like, okay, Angel, how am I gonna, you know, how I'm gonna manage my time well while pursuing this masters, but also you know, <laughs> having a job full time, right? especially in education and teaching um, with lesson planning and all that goes into it. So I had to plan it out. I'm like, all right, on Saturday, I'm going to try to read half of one. On Sunday, I'm going to finish that half of one. And uh, Sunday night, I'm going to finish the second one in its entirety. So my weekends were basically non-existent. Uh, <laughs> and then Monday, I will make a, one post. You got to make two posts. Monday, I'll make one post, and then Tuesday, I'll make another post. And that's the way I did it, and it worked out. It really did work out for me, Time uh, managing my time that way. Obviously, when it came to bigger assignments, that was hard, very difficult, but I'm not going to get into that. Not, I'm not going to bore you to with the whole process. But anywho, so but it was challenging. It was, it was definitely challenging, and of course, the seminars that happened because of the time difference Obviously, it was in the middle of COVID for some of them, but I was still teaching online virtually. So basically, I had to make sure my schedule with my principal I had to work out a time where I was free from like 10 to 11, you know, because of the time differences in the UK. So I had to like, sometimes I had to attend a 10 to 11 one, or there was one that was like an 8 to 9 one. And then if there was like they like saving time, sometimes I'll be like 7 to 8, and then 9 to 10. So there was times literally before school, I would have to log on for the seminar. And then right at, once it's 8 o'clock, log in to teach my virtual classes. That was not easy. <laughs> and then when I was in person, same thing. A class would end. I'm rushing to go on my laptop to log in to do the seminar. And once that class is over, I had a class like at 15 minutes. So like going into like student mode, right? of trying to do this master's program and discussing this, you know, this uh, these topics, right? With other teachers, right? Other classmates of mine and professors at this university and then closing that and then going to teacher mode. That was not easy at all. <laughs> that was that was very very difficult and exhausting, honestly, at times. But you know, made it happen, right? I stuck with it, which I'm which I'm very proud of. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the biggest thing, going back again to what I wanted to research originally, stemmed from the podcast, right? I wanted to do things on diversity, like I said, and that dissertation took me six months to write. It was a whole process. And thankfully, shout out to King's College London. The way they did it, they tried not to overwhelm you because it was a 12,000-word document. <laughs> and that amounts to about, probably about 40 pages of writing, uh, 40, 45 pages of writing. So they didn't want to overwhelm you so that you had drafts of different sections of this of this huge dissertation project that you had to send in. You know, And so we're talking about from January of this year um to august was that process of sending in drafts i will never forget there was a time where because i interviewed people for the study that i did i interviewed six teachers shout out to those participants some of you know who you are i know you're listening (laughs) i had to interview them about the topic about the experiences uh working at international school and of course as i interview like i usually do here you know i had to listen back to their interview and then take notes and it was a process a methodology that I had to follow you know, very, very highbrow stuff <laughs> that I had to do uh, to make sure I was doing the research ethically and, and consistently, right, across across uh, the interviews. And so I, I'll never forget this. I was literally in Limón, Puerto Viejo, which is the Caribbean side of Costa Rica, at this boutique hotel I like to stay at. And I was there, you know, by the pool, but uh, um, listening to these interviews and taking notes and, you know, d- doing this freaking, you know, some of it was tedious, but some of it was cool to take down notes and see uh commonalities between different interviews. Um, And, but I was doing that, you know, by the pool, I couldn't pick a better place to do it. And that was the summer, right? That was July when I was doing that. So those are like little moments that were like kind of cool, but also like, damn, I got to even do work on vacation. But I knew that's what it was. I knew that's what it was going to take. And the summer was also packed with just doing work on that. But, um, but yeah, so now enough of that enough of the you telling me the process now let me let's talk about when I found out officially officially so I found out last Thursday and before I even get into that actually it's important to discuss for me I had to learn this right is how to celebrate small victories because again this is a long term thing two years is not you know it goes it's gonna go by anyways but It could go by slowly too, right? And especially when you're doing work (laughs) and hard work. So I had to make sure I had to celebrate my small victory. So every assignment, I was proud whenever I just hit submit. Just hitting submit on these assignments, I was very proud of because it took a lot of work to to complete these assignments and, you know, and I did well on them. So a small celebration when I hit submit on the assignments and another celebration when I got a good grade on the assignments. So that was like, you know, that was like my little small ways of celebrating. And in the same token, when I submitted my dissertation, that was the biggest relief. I literally had a call out of work during the week before the day I submitted. Because I told my person, listen, I need the, actually the entire day tomorrow to submit this dissertation. And everything was written, by the way. But I just had to review everything to make sure it was just right. No grammatical errors, no, you know, make sure all the sourcing, the citations are correct. Make sure my appendices is good. Make sure I'm making sense. I'm connecting different sections, you know, that the, the you know, the, the, the table of contents is correct. All that stuff. And my references page, especially, that took me the whole fucking day. I don't know if I'm a slow worker or not, but literally it took me a whole day to review everything of this document. And obviously it's a big document. We're talking about a total like a 55, 60 page document that I submitted uh, for my dissertation. And um, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. And it took me the whole day. I literally hit submit around 10 o'clock on that day that I took off of work, mind you. Took off of work. It was a grueling thing. But once I had submit, I was extremely proud of myself. And I celebrated, right? In a small way, I'm like, all right, it's done. Now, you know... Whatever happens, happens, right? I was like, All right, at least I submitted. And then, of course, waiting for the grade was nerve-wracking, obviously. And then once I hit the grade, I saw that I passed, and I passed with an A. I got a 72 on it. I was extremely—that's an, that's an A, like I said. I was extremely proud of myself. I was like, let's go! Like, I literally did that. When I saw the grade. I was at work. And I told my colleague, who did the program two years ago, he was super proud of me, too. And it was just great. It was a great feeling. And that moment, I, I unofficially passed, right? Like, I knew I passed all my classes and stuff, but it was still unofficial because it needed to be ratified by the board of examiners at the university. So, again, but still, I allowed myself a small celebration that I submitted it and I passed. But then it was the waiting game of the, okay, when is it going to be official that you're going to get an email saying, Angel, you are a master (laughs) in international education. And that day came, uh, last Thursday. Um, I wake up. I checked my email, my student records. I was checking that shit like, literally, I'm not lying, like every day for the past, that past week because I knew it was coming soon. And once I saw results ratified and then it said um, Master of Arts in certification, Education, then it said Passed with Distinction. And for those of you that know in the UK, Passed with Distinction is kind of like, I guess, graduating with honors in the US, like cum laude or something like that. And so I passed with Distinction, which is the highest honor you can get in the UK. Um, Some schools I think have highest distinction in in the UK, but my school doesn't have that. They just have distinction or merit. Merit is anything below an A, and distinction is anything above an A. So I graduated with distinction, which I was very proud of. And then to make matters even better, I got an email saying that I was going to receive an award because I had the highest overall grade in the program. And that one took me out <laughs> that one. I was surprised that because there was this once there was this one classmate of mine. They would not be named. But me and my 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 classmate, we always joke thinking that they this person would be definitely the top student because their post on uh, the discussion boards would be like paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs of of analysis and discussion. And mine is like two paragraphs or three or, you know, or like just, you know, not not, not as insightful. In my mind. <laughs> but I got the highest overall grade, which surprised me, but I was very proud. Like I knew I did well, obviously, because I passed the distinction, but I didn't know that I actually did the best out of everyone in the program, you know? And again, we're talking about smart individuals in this program that I was in, teachers, administrators that were in this program with me. So I was very I'm very, very proud of myself. And I will be honest, I'll be hundred percent honest. I did tear up a little bit. I did because not because necessarily the award. But because all these things that were, that were culminating at once, right? That I see that I passed. Number one, that I passed. Right, that I graduated with a master's. Two, that I passed with distinction. Right, the high. I did the best that I possibly could in this program uh, in the UK system, from from a difficult university and a prestigious university, and I got the highest grade average, highest average in the um, in the cohort cohort. So yeah, that was a that was a lot to take in at once. And I was very proud of myself. And I thought about everything I just told you, all the stories of, you know, the in-betweens of the challenging moments that all just came into my flooding into my mind. And then of course thinking about how proud my family was of me. I told my parents and I told my my you know all my family. And that just hit home and it made me tear up a little bit. I was extremely grateful. And that's the important part. I was proud of myself, but I felt very, very grateful, full of gratitude. For the people that helped me, and again, my dissertation—I will probably put a, some link on it so you guys can read it. But <laughs> if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, but you know, I made sure when I when I did my acknowledgments that I obviously thanked my professor, my my dissertation supervisor, but also my family and shout out, you know, and people in particular like Xavier, my 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 colleague at work who did the program. I would talk to him about it about different things. Uh, my classmates Ryan um, and then Alex and Steven with the proposal. You know, like so, I was full of gratitude for from from day one to the last day. From that day on, third last Thursday, when I was like, "All right, this is you know this is it," and that Thursday being December first, uh, so I was extremely extremely proud of myself. And yeah, and then of course, what made me even more proud was the fact that I took this labor of love, which is this podcast, right? This this hobby of mine, but that I applied it in an academic way. You know, in a more uh, solidified way, because obviously this is a real way that way I'm applying it here when I'm talking to people about their real experiences. But then to apply it to an academic setting, it even solidifies it more for me that, you know, and I got to again, I got an A on that <laughs> dissertation that I'm onto something here. You know, I, I'm on something that's that's of value that's of importance, not just for me, but for for many for stakeholders. Right. For people and stakeholders in international education and education, period. So I'm very proud of that fact, to be honest, I really am. But now moving on to now bigger picture, right? What does this mean now? Now that I went through all this, you know, from the moment I decided to come here because of the master's, now I've obtained it. Also, by the way, I forgot to mention, I'm also going to to London in January to attend my graduation, which I'm super hyped about. I'm going to get to meet my classmates. Some of them I met before through different ways, but I'm going to meet my classmates and my professors. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that, um, to attend that graduation in London. Um, but uh, but yeah, so now bigger picture, right? What, what does this mean now for me moving forward professionally? And again, because the point of the master's, as I just said, was not just to get a master's. Yeah, it's important to continue my knowledge, but I wanted it to be something, I wanted to study something that I was interested in. And I did that. And I learned a lot about other things too. It wasn't just that, right? I learned a lot a lot about international education as a whole, And uh, so I'm grateful for King's College London for, you know, for the awesome professors they have, super intelligent, super smart, and they helped me all the way through. But bigger picture now is applying this. I want to do more work, as you guys have probably heard, or if you haven't heard, I want to do more work in DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I, I do want to do that. And that's the goal for this year. I'm already doing a little bit of that in my school, but for next year to transition even more into that role. You know, I'm trying to see um, what life might look like outside the classroom or just more outside the classroom. Not that I don't don't necessarily want to be a music teacher next year. If there's a job, whether it's, you know, here in Costa Rica or elsewhere where I could, you know, teach music, but do more work with DEI, that's where I want to be. If it's fully in DEI, that's where I want to be. That's I want to challenge myself. I want to see if I can fully transition to something that I'm feeling passionate about. And that's the other thing, you know, I'm, I'm realizing through all this that I have other passions. Yes, I love music, I love teaching music, but I have other passions that I'm trying to see where that takes me as well. And I think the moment is ripe for it um too. And also because there's not much research there's not much research being done on the topic that I studied. Um so I think there's something there's just something more to say about that, you know, in in this field that I'm in, uh international education. But we'll see, you know, but that that's the goal. I'm trying to actively push myself into that direction, make the right contacts, right connects, obviously do my due diligence and getting smarter. Just because I'm a master's doesn't mean I said I made it. You know, I, I just did research on this topic once, right? I got to read more about it. I got to, you know, attend seminars, attend PDs. So I got to do more to get my knowledge up, level up, as they say, <laughs> and be more uh, confident about what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the bigger picture. And also bigger picture... I um, even more bigger picture, more macro is the fact, you know, that I set a goal for myself and I achieved that goal. And that feels really good. It really does. The fact that I can say that, you know, when I first went, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that master's and then I'm doing it and then I did it. That feels good. It feels really good to set your mind something and then accomplish it. And I'm grateful that I've been able to do that. Also, bigger picture is the fact that um, I'm the first one in my family, my immediate family, To get to have a master's degree, you know, the first one to get a bachelor's and then the first one to get a master's. So I'm very proud of that fact. You know, I I took a, I took a different path, and again, different. Notice I said different path, not a better path. All my brothers, they took a path they needed to take for that was best for themselves. Everyone has a different situation. I'll be the first one to tell you, uh, school is not the end all be all. You know, school is not for everybody. If you want to get into it, that's great, that's fantastic. You know, education is important. But you can also educate yourself through other means. It's not just through formal education. You know, you, know, you could do it through a trade vocational school, right? It's not, or, or just anything else. It's not necessarily that you have to go to a university to do that. It just depends on what you want to do. So I would never be the first one to be like, yeah, because of a master's, I'm just smarter than everybody. No, I'm I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not smarter than everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so a lot, a lot, a lot that I need to learn about. And I got to maintain um, that humbleness, to, to keep moving forward because that's what I think that's what enabled me uh, to do as well as I've done I've never like for example when I got like A's on my assignments I knew that the next that 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 A meant nothing for the next assignment I was always starting from ground zero like of course it helped with my confidence but I never thought oh because I got an A on this assignment I'm gonna get an A on the next one I never thought that throughout, at all throughout the process I always thought okay I got an A um, that's great Angel good shit good job Next assignment, it's completely new, starting from zero. You got to build that zero up to the A, right? Up to the 70 mark, which is an A. So that's the way I took that. And I'm taking this the same way. Um, you know, I don't have uh, that much experience in DEI, you know, as far as being like the director of DI somewhere, you know, or things like that. Like I have some experience in my school, but so therefore I got to work into that, right? I got to I got to do my due diligence to do more stuff in that field, you know? And that's why I'm trying to figure out how to do that, you know, in, in, a, in a meaningful way. And so I'm saying all that to say, though, that I'm so very proud of the fact that, you know, that I am the first one in my family to achieve these things academically, you know, in a school. And it means a lot. It really does. I And I know it just doesn't mean a lot to me. It means a lot to my family, too. And that makes me feel proud. You know, the fact that my family is super proud of me and my mom, especially, um, it makes me very proud. And, and it's... Uh, and I'm sure, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, I'm sure that I'm probably maybe the first Dominican-American to graduate from the program. Because uh, <laughs> the program's only like four or five years old, you know? So I think I'm probably the first Dominican-American, I would say, because they don't have any schools in DR. So. <laughs> so I'm probably just the first Dominican, right? Probably the first Dominican to graduate from the program. So I'm I'm proud to rep, rep my roots in that, that way and rep New York, obviously, too. And I guess as a last, as a last point, I'll just say that, you know, this was, an again, this is a goal I set for myself and I accomplished it. And of course, and I knew it was going to be a long-term commitment. But as, you know, as they say, it's like, listen, all right, you're making a commitment for two years. The time's going to pass by anyway, right? So it's like, all right, this this is like, okay, this takes a year to do. This takes two years. Whatever the time constraints of something, of a goal is, the time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well do something beneficial with the time that you have, and that's the way I saw it too. I didn't see it as a waste of my time to do this program just to say I'm doing something. It was something that I actually wanted to do, and I was deeply interested in. And I'm glad that the program ended up being that way, you know. And of course that it's free, (laughs) that I'm not in debt. That's another huge thing. The fact that I did not go, I went into very minimal debt uh, in my for undergrad and zero debt for uh for grad school. I'm very proud of that fact. And yeah, here's a here's a here's a kid from Brooklyn, New York. You know, go goes to a CUNY school with City University, uh, York College in Queens, to then getting a master's degree with distinction at a King's in London top thirty university in the world. Um yeah, growth. It's all about, right, it's all it is. It's all about growth. But there's still more growth to happen. Um, I need more personal growth in my life, honestly, and even more professional growth. This is just The beginning. This has only just begun, as my intro says. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that episode with me, uh, discussing my accomplishments and becoming a master (laughs) in international education. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for what the future holds. You know, I'm hoping to put this master's to use. It's not just for a certificate, just hang on the wall, even though obviously it will be hanging on the wall. But to be putting this document, this paper to use ASAP. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And of course, I'll keep you guys up to date as to what what transpires in terms of uh, potential transitions or pivots in my professional uh, life. Um, but yeah, uh, next week, I actually have an episode already recorded. You'll be listening to Kiara, who I interviewed in the past when she was living in France. Now she's living back in the States. So this is a, one of my first part two. It's going to be France part two as... Kiara discusses moving back to the States. And I think this is a super, super reflective episode. Uh, she does a great job just breaking down her feelings about, you know, things she misses, things she doesn't miss. And that transition, right? Moving back to where, what, what home is for her, which is the United States. So be on the lookout for that episode next week. And as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other podcasts favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is In Living Color Abroad. Peace.